Are we recording right now? Yeah, we are. I love We've been recording for ages. Should keep this. <laughs> we should keep some of this. Yeah, this is where the gold is. This is where I, I, I dig. I'm like casting my net, hoping to catch some pearls. You know. Yeah. Was it? For the episode. Didn't one of these? I can't remember which one it was, but didn't you like go piss and like we heard it? Yeah. I I I never. I don't think I put that on. Did I put it on the episode? But I was pissing, and it's because <laughs> I had my. I think I had my mic was on my headset at the time or something. Yeah. Because it was earlier on when we were recording, mm-hmm. and I didn't have all the gear. So when I was taking a leak, my mic was just I remember picking that. it up. Yeah. What what episode was that? I don't know. It was one of the first group episodes. Yeah, because I, I, I think it was the one that I had to dip because I was going to see Empire Strikes Back and but, yeah, at the Bell Court. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I don't remember what what was it. The Batman. It was the Batman. Okay. It must have been because I think it was the first big big. Yeah, like, we had like everyone on that one. Yeah, like the Justice League team up episode last <laughs> night. Um, yeah, I think that was it. This is our seventieth episode. That's crazy, man. Oh yeah. Now it's technically it's the seventh. This will be the seventieth. With stars ep- at noon, the sixty ninth. So that would be no, kind of too perfect. I know. Banshee's a finish. Sharon was sixty nine. Um, but it, so it's it'll be the seventieth episode that we upload. There's more episodes though. There's a mm. couple that I never released that me and Eric did. So me and Eric were what we were pretty back then. I was like recording in advance, yeah, and then I release an episode and I have like three in the tank. Mm-hmm. But over time, that's kind of like like and I guess most big podcasts do that, so they keep. Will those ever see the light of day? I don't know. I listen to them and they're really bad. It's not. It's not that the content's bad. It's just that um, the recording's really bad because it was like mm. really early on. Mm-hmm. And I think we were, we it was before we even had any kind of a we don't really have a formula, but yeah. we kind of have a formula, sort of, you yeah. know, like we follow a pattern. Yeah. And there was nothing back then. The very first episode that we did, we did on the Empty Man that movie, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time we ever recorded an episode, and we recorded it twice. And the first time we recorded it, we just started the episode, and, and we just like recounted the exact plot throughout the whole episode. That's pretty much what it was. <laughs> And then I think we decided that's not going to work. So we yeah. needed to figure out a better way of doing it. I yeah. think, you know. Should we talk about that a little bit before we start, like, really getting into it? As I, I feel this is, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we say this a lot when we do these, but um, this movie especially feels like it's going to be really hard to talk about without getting into specific details about what happens. Like, um, spoiler-wise? Um, yeah. Oh, like, 100%, yeah. Um, I, like, I really, uh, I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? Or? Yeah, I do. I yeah. Mean, and maybe the spoiler section is just going to be a larger part of this episode. I would hate to spoil this movie for anybody. Yeah, same. Specifically this movie. I was very, very stringent and strict with talking to you about it before you saw yeah, it. Yeah, you were. And or, I was the same way with him. Yeah. And like I even uh, I like wrote, I have a letterbox review for this. It's like the longest one I've written to date. And I hit it behind spoiler tags because, so just so he like wouldn't stumble yeah. upon it or something. Because I, well, like, I didn't want him to go into it knowing anything like just just kind of taking it as it is yeah that's the best way yeah um that's okay. friendship Th- that is <laughs> it's beautiful it's beautiful okay so this is from queensland brain institute now i don't know if that's queensland australia i think it is i i don't know if there's many famous queenslands outside of australia and it's an article entitled how our memories formed so here we go the brain simmers with activity different groups of neurons in parentheses, nerve cells responsible for different thoughts or perceptions drift in and out of action. Memory is the reactivation of a specific group of neurons formed from persistent changes in the strength of connections between neurons. 
but what allows a specific combination of neurons to be reactivated over any other combination of other neurons? The answer is synaptic plasticity. This term describes the persistent changes in the strength of connections called synapses between brain cells. These connections can be made stronger or weaker depending on, on when and how often they have been activated in the past. Active connections tend to get stronger, whereas those that aren't used get weaker and can eventually disappear entirely. A connection between two neurons becomes stronger when neuron A constantly activates neuron B, making it fire an action potential. And the connection gets weaker if neuron A consistently fails to make neuron B fire a spike. Lasting increases and decreases in synaptic strength are called long-term potentiation and long-term depression. Interesting. I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. And I wanted to throw this out to you guys. I personally, I have a handful of memories that are way stronger than any other memory I have from when I'm a child, when I was a child or like throughout my life in the very, very specific. And I have one in particular that is um, my grandfather. I remember my, the way my grandfather smelt, which is a weird thing to say, but I do because I would lay and watch television with him. I would lay on his shoulder mm -hmm. when I was a little kid. And I vividly remember how he smells. Now, I cannot describe what that scent is. I can't say, oh, it was like spicy or aromatic or mm -hmm. like citrusy or whatever mm -hmm. is aftershave. And I think he wore Old Spice or Brute, one of those old guy aftershaves. But I can smell it, but I can't describe the smell. Do you guys have anything like that? Yeah, no, I think I think definitely. Like I, I remember <laughs> my grandmother, uh, when I was a kid, she used to own this house in Columbia and there was like... Um, there's a basement in the bottom where she had set up like a, it was basically like the whole basement was basically like a playroom for me and my uh, siblings. And I like it, but it had a distinct smell. And, and in that sense, like I, I <laughs> vividly, like I can recall it now. Like if I think about it, like how that smelled and I can recall, like I haven't seen that place in probably over 20 years, but I like, I remember the layout exactly like where everything was um the the sound of the um the garage door when you like press the buzzer like when it's starting to like come up stuff like that um um and then i have no that's probably the most similar to like what you're talking about you got anything chris well i can't really smell it's not covid <laughs> oh. related it's just kind of never been able to really smell but smell is a, almost a direct link to memory yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. um but i do have specific memories that are very vivid and the one I can think of, because I had to check it out with my mom. She's like, how do you remember that? I was just a little kid wearing some red overalls in, um, I think it was a crib. So I don't, I don't know how old I was, like two, three. I don't, crib maybe, maybe is too, I'm too old for that. But I was like with my feet up against the wall, staring at the ceiling, kind of in an L shape and just looking up and just existing as a human being. And just kind of in that moment, I remember like being very aware of that I exist. It's fascinating. And this, that one sticks with me. It does? Yeah. This is from the same um, educational website. I think that's what it is. And this one's titled, uh, What Makes Memory Stronger? So emotional memories. One thing that helps make a memory robust is if it has a strong emotional content. You probably still remember your first kiss or where you were when you found out that a close family member had passed. This happens because of the amygdala, which brain imaging studies have shown is activated by emotional events. The amygdala boosts memory encoding, 
by enhancing attention and perception and can help memory retention by triggering the release of stress hormones, such as adrenaline and cortisol, to boost arousal. While memories of a stressful event can be enhanced, stress tends to have a negative effect on memory storage for events that coincide with, but are not the direct cause of the stress. Stress also alters the way our brain processes information, changing from a flexible, holistic approach to a more rigid stimulus. This can change the nature of memory stored as well as what we recall under stress. I thought that was interesting on the previous page when they were talking about memories are stronger when the two neurons are consistently firing. So mm-hmm. it's almost like you have stronger memories when you, if, if you choose to constantly replay those memories. Yeah. So that's got to have some kind of a recency bias. So if something happens to you and you're replaying it in your head, right. that'll store a memory. Over time, the less and less you replay that memory, the weaker that memory gets. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love the idea, and this might just be me, but I love the idea of your of like having almost like a projection in your brain mm-hmm. in that going out of focus and dimming mm-hmm. in, in to visualize memories like that. I think it's super fascinating. And I think where that ties into the movie that we're going to be talking about today, which is After Sun, is After Sun uses a lot of technology in it in the way it presents the specific characters' memories of a thing that happened in the past it coincides with the fact that this event that took place or this trip that she's remembering was being actively filmed by herself and her father on a video, like a home video recording camcorder, as they call them. And I think that's really, really interesting. Did you guys, and now I know I'm older than you both, so there's very little. We never had a video camera when I was a kid, like a home video camera Mm. at all. My grandparents had a Super 8 camera, I believe. Mm -hmm. So years ago, my dad sent me this. He got a lot of stuff digitized in the wake of my grandparents passing. And uh, he sent me a clip of me as a little kid running around the the garden behind my grandparents' house. And I'm tiny. I must be like two and a half, three. I'll make a toddler just when we become a toddler. And that's the only time I've ever seen myself as a kid before. Because there's very, I mean, I've seen photographs, but there's very few photographs of me. Yeah. But I've never seen myself in motion, like in motion. and like running around, yeah. and it was creepy as hell. That blows my mind. Yeah, it was super wild. weird. It, um, it would have been like 1981. This yeah. footage is from, and yeah. it was like such a trip to see yourself as done. So, throwing it to you guys, did you grow, guys grow up with like the home movies? Yeah, I was born in the 90s, so every yeah. almost every moment of my life has either been photographed or videotaped mm-hmm. with the old camcorder called a camcorder with the, with like the cassette tapes and everything. Yeah. But, I have a lot of the home movies still and I'm turning them into DVDs. So I'm was very used to seeing like little me existing as a child. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about your family, but it was like almost sort of like a ritual around like holidays, like uh-huh. this time of year, like Christmas to like kind of rewatch some of that stuff. Yes. And, like, wow. um, we would do that too. Cause my, um, we, yeah, we had a, a almost eerily similar, um, to the device that's used a lot in this, in this movie. Um, my dad, like around Christmas time, he always had one was always like recording, like, you know, opening presents, stuff like that, family gatherings, uh, birthdays. Um, like my first, uh, pretty sure my first like I, steps, if not mine, I'd absolutely my sisters and my brothers' first steps are like on video. Like we have that recorded. That's wild. Um, and uh, like I, I remember like in my childhood, even like 
kind of like watching videos from like I, I there's a video of my uh so i'm adopted and so is my sister there's a video of my sister being brought home for the first time and like me meeting her for the first time and uh, wow. it's so fucking crazy to watch um powerful honestly to witness that no yeah absolutely um because like i you know i was like six or seven so i don't think i was you know obviously able to compute what's going on but like watching that later um was like really special and uh really nice to like have that like preserved that's wild i'm so jealous of that i'd love that like i would pay x amount of money if i could somehow acquire footage of myself and my family when we were younger like that because i think it would just blow my mind yeah it's so crazy because like all of that's lost to me you know in my Mm -hmm. in my just so my version of it is just what i imagine like what you mean yeah so it's it's that's crazy yeah, I wonder, I'd, I'd be curious to see, um, like, how many, I feel like a lot of families, like, had that, like, it, that technology just got, like, popularized at the time that we were, like, growing up. And I, I think um, you guys are right on the cusp of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, honestly, it's probably, seeing that had to have something to do with how much I love, like, movies now. Like, I'm sure. Seeing yourself, um, I don't know, just, like, on a screen, like, moving, I don't know. There's, no. there's like, no. a, there's a surreal quality to it, almost um like watching your (laughs) memories play out in front of you yeah (laughs) i agree with that there's like something about whether it's my life or someone else's life having a moment in time be immortalized yeah and being able to go back and see that just like actors that have passed but you Mm -hmm. put on a movie with them in it and they're living in that moment yeah and it's like you're living in that so it's like time travel yeah yeah it's just the closest that we yeah that Mm -hmm. we'll probably ever get to it brings up old feelings and and maybe even smells for you guys that are lucky enough to smell (laughs) 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 and um yeah it just like refires the brain almost like it's living through that moment in the that time that it was but not in that present time it's crazy yeah yeah it really is you know what it makes me think of that incredible scene and it's not incredible in dr strange dr strange 2 not three. I, I get confused with Multiverse Doctor Strange because he's been in so many movies. Yeah. 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 Multiverse, of, Multiverse of Madness. When they go to that future reality or that alternate reality mm, or whatever yeah. it is, he's walking down the street and it's like, hey, we'll play back a memory for you. And it's like, but we'll do it on the street where everybody can see. see it. <laughs> and you get to choose which memory that is. No. So mm. what if you had something incredibly painful happen to you? Like, we're going to play back that time that girl dumped you on the street <laughs> and everybody's walking by going, you suck, dude. <laughs> what, what was the thinking behind that? Like, like that is so dumb they w- yeah. that wouldn't exist <laughs> i yeah never really put more stake into like how unrealistic that would be it's insane there was just like no function for that ex- i mean there is in your own privacy of your own house or if you could right. play back the memory on your like vr go- goggles it was or strictly a plot device yeah to, to develop the character i think yeah god dr strange 2 and i yeah. like that one I like no. it too, actually. The I more I watch about it, that part. <laughs> yeah, I've rewatched it a couple of times recently, and I like it more and more the more it's I watch on it. Me a lot. Yeah, it definitely has. Does anybody have any information pulled up on After Sun? I have the wiki. Okay, yeah, I'll let you, you do it, Daniel. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see who put it out because I don't think it's A24, is it? Yeah, no, it is. Oh, well, distributed, produced by Barry Jenkins. Really? Yeah. Not which is honestly not surprising, uh, having seen it. Uh, today for the second time yeah he just makes a lot of sense women talking also hmm. we saw a trailer for that yeah this. yeah um, yeah looks pretty good yeah stacked cast i'm on that one yeah i'm on that one too i think that's going to go straight to streaming though so I'm, I'm like i don't think it'll get a big theatrical window at all yeah it'll probably play at the bell court for five days and 
never be heard from again. Um, <laughs> uh, the director, Charlotte Wells, also wrote uh, the script. Um, stars Paul Mescal of Normal, Normal People, People? Yep. fame, I guess. Not something I'm familiar with. Um, oh my and, God, you need to change that right now. Really? You need to. That show is fucking incredible. It's on Hulu. So it good. Just, I mean, like, I will check it out because of how good he is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it seems so like. Well, it's saccharin, and it, but it really like, isn't. It starts like you think it would be. Yeah. So basically, normal people, Chris, if you if you're unaware of it, is or anybody listening, it's it's based on a book, mm-hmm. a very famous book that was like a huge success, and basically it follows the lives of uh, two young people from uh, island somewhere in Ireland, and they basically have a romantic connection that starts when they're in high school, mm-hmm. and then the the show proceeds to go on through the next 10, 15 years of their lives as they go to college, post-college, when they're doing like their graduate, like their postgraduate degrees or whatever. And it's how these characters keep coming back into each other's lives. So it's like a, a relationship that goes on and off yeah. f- forever. And that's not a spoiler, but um, Daisy Edgar Jones is in it too, okay. who's blowing up right now, but she chose yeah. a slight, she's going to be in the MCU soon, apparently. I don't know who's playing. Oh, really? That's the word she signed on for MCU. <laughs> I know, right? He is refusing to sign on for the MCU. So good. Like Chef's kiss. So I think what you, what you, is, it's kind of like that post Twilight where you weren't sure who was going to do what, you know? Yeah. And it seemed to be that Pattinson was making the, the right choices. And mm-hmm. I think it took a little time for Kristen, what's her name? Uh, Stuart. Stuart. It took a little while, I think, for her to start making, you know, like personal shopper. Then she went on to do, you know, um, uh-huh. Princess Diana or whatever. And yeah, I think yeah. it took her a little. But but those two, both breakout stars of this, Mescal mm-hmm. out the bat is being just going. I'm going to make indie movies. I'm going to mm-hmm. make like really interesting, challenging indie movies. Mm-hmm. And she's she went and made Weather Crow dancing. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> anyway, so that's what it's about. But it, it it sounds really saccharine, but it's not. Okay. It it's excellent and his performance is yeah. killer he steals the whole thing so that's a side note about i'm sold people. Yeah. yeah he he's so good in this and and um maybe like i don't know, i think you could argue that the movie is equally uh, like he's equally the protagonist of this movie as much as uh um frankie corio's character uh what was her what is her name in the sophie sophie, sophie. yeah God, i agree um that they're equal equally protagonists in this oh story. yeah for sure throughout um, the movie um chris do you want to give us a li- little um plot description just a yeah quick one. so it's about a father and daughter on vacation in turkey i believe yeah i think so yeah and i think in the 90s it's definitely yeah it's never really yeah. specified yeah. when yeah. it's definitely in my golden era there's yeah a, there's yeah. a tub thumping like uh, yeah, the Macarena, yeah, the Macarena happens. Yeah, that Kenda like Blur is on that too. Yeah. Let's say early '90s, for sure. Yeah, um, and it seems like they don't often see each other. The the daughter Sophie lives with her mother, and um, seems to go on vacation with the dad every year on holiday. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's really important for them to work, like for them to have a relationship, and they do it through spending that time. But also, it really, I think. It's just kind of a slice of life, day in the life of an eleven-year-old on vacation. But also, I think it does a really good job of of jumping. Like, if you, I'm 32, I'm able to kind of was able to put myself in the shoes of the dad as well. And like you said, he is equally the protagonist as she is. I think. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I think what makes a movie interesting is is how it chooses to tell that story mm-hmm. through video, uh, almost like you know, it kind of remind me of um, that movie that's really, really grown in my estimation since seeing it and originally hating it. We did an episode on We're All Going to the World's Fair. Mm. Ah, yeah. Definitely feels like it a sister or a, like a distant cousin of I this agree. movie mm-hmm. in terms of how the the director's using the technology of that period, in this case in mid nineties, to to frame what's happening on the screen. So yeah. and then what's nice about this movie too is it doesn't feel linear. So mm-hmm. it is in a way linear because it does have an a point A and a point B, at least yeah. the vacation does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But outside of the vacation, mm-hmm. The it almost feels like the order of events sometimes get moved around. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know? well, um, actually, I'll say this when we get to the the more spoilery part of the discussion. But um, there, there's a I think the way the movie starts is perfect. Oh, and yeah, and it to go off what you're saying, like that's definitely not like we start a, not a linear point and and then go like from there. Yeah, I would go as far as to say that I think this movie has the best opening and closing of any movie this year at least in my opinion um yeah yeah the cl- yeah, the the climax of this movie is phenomenal um, oh yeah and yeah after seeing it a second time like man um <laughs> i think we're gonna have to call spoilers guys i think we're gonna have to take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna have to talk spoilers because i'm itching I don't yeah. to talk, and yeah. we're just gonna give away too much stuff yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after the break thank you And we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, we're going to be talking spoilers for 2022's After Sun. So just throwing it out to the room right now. We'll break the movie down. We'll talk about the uh, the, the plot as it unfolds, or at least how we imagine it unfolding as it goes on. I'm going to go around. I'm, Daniel, I'll go to you first. Just give me your general take on the movie, your impressions, what really stood out to you, and like you know, just put it, give it a review. I guess do your letterbox review. Um, do you want me to just look at it? I could read it. Yeah, um, I think you yeah, should. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, you should okay. do that. Um, so I guess the first part of it is a little personal, um, but what part of movie watching isn't? Um, let me pull it up. Sorry. Uh, okay, so um, I'm just going to skip to the part about... You should read all of it if you're comfortable. Okay, yeah. Fuck it. We were personal um, in the last episode. episode. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> a little too personal, I think, at points, but... I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. We're we could have got worse, actually. We're we could have got... Yeah. Um, okay, so basically what I wrote was, uh, the dad stuff in movies will, almost without fail, get me feeling something. Um, I even teared up a bit during The Last Skywalker <laughs> when Han shows up at the end to talk to Kylo Ren, uh, <laughs> purely because the way he says, hey, kiddo, like, my dad used to call me that, and it just sounded so much like his voice. Oh, wow. Um... But that moment is ultimately like super cheap and unearned and it's just a ploy to get you to care about this like massive piece of shit movie. Um, And I guess all that is to say that like I went in this movie knowing it's about a father and daughter on vacation and I expected that to, you know, make me feel something and it did. But one of my favorite things about this movie is that I never feel like it's in a way it's never like contrived or like it never feels like the movie is trying to manipulate me into feeling anything specific it's literally just telling this story about 
this daughter and her her father like on vacation like one of the few times it seems like they get to see each other um and i think the way it opens the framing device of of it being um sophie 20 years later or so on watching the home videos of this vacation is is does so much to uh to prevent that basically to prevent the movie from like trying to i, I feel like steer you towards feeling something specific like i and I feel like uh, movies are obviously a subjective art form, but like this movie just feels, I don't know, like you see in it what you want to, I feel like. And I'm sure we all like got different things from it. Um, but man, yeah, the movie just kind of floored me in, in that sense. And that like, I never feel like it's, it's specifically trying to make you feel a, a specific thing. Um, and then I guess I summed it up with saying it's a super affecting statement about how the seemingly ephemeral artifacts of our past can be recontextualized both in and in relation to our present. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. So well put. Yeah. I'm, also, I cried a bunch the first yeah. time. So much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about crying in a bit because I have a story about that. Uh, Chris, over to you. I've got some things I wanted to say to in response to what you said, Daniel, mm -hmm. but uh, over to you, Chris. I'm still unpacking it. Um, the whole time I was thinking like, I hope really something, nothing horrible happens to this child. Like, is this gonna be a movie about trauma? Is this gonna be? And so I did that thing where I kind of get in my head in movies and I've been working on it where I'm like trying to figure out where it's going. Mm -hmm. Especially because you said like, this is like phenomenal movie and like it, the way it impacted you. And it, it, I think it's beautiful in the way it's so simple. And just kind of looking at it as like, this is just a woman who's looking back at old video footage and it's bringing up a lot of memories uh seems like happy and painful which is like life to me and i was able to kind of put myself in the shoes of being 11 and whatever her age her dad was and i definitely need to see it again but i i, I really enjoyed it oh yeah yeah 100 percent. and i think going back to what you said daniel when you were saying like i definitely got something from it you guys might get you know with being subjective as, mm -hmm. as an art form and I think that's what's kind of interesting about this movie. I'm not a daughter. I've never been anybody's daughter. I've never been anybody's father. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it doesn't matter because I've I've been somebody's child, you know? Yeah. And I've had a relationship with a parent. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the, there was so much for me in this movie. And I think not only like for nostalgia reasons alone, because at that period of time, it's, it's, it's I don't know how big it is in America, but in, to, to frame it a little bit, he's Scottish. She's Scottish mm -hmm. in this movie. He lives in London. He's starting up his own business with his buddy. That's the impression that I get. Yeah. So if you're Scottish, you're Welsh, you're Irish, or you're English, what you do is every single year, you go on your summer holidays with your parents. Now, travel, air travel around Europe. So you go to Turkey, Greece, you go to Ibiza, Spain, those kind of places. Mm -hmm. Air travel was pretty cheap back in the day. Um, it still kind of is now. I mean, I don't know post-COVID, but... You, it would be, so for example, my parents took me to Disney World when I was a kid. It was a big deal because coming to America was extremely expensive. Yeah. We could have probably had five vacations in Ibiza for the cost of one vacation um, in Florida. Mm -hmm. So it's a big thing. So I would do that with my parents. And even as, as an adult, most British kids, I, once, once you become of age, once you're 18 or whatever, you start going off. And you do you go to the same places. You go to like Magaluf, Corfu, all of those kind of places. So for me, nostalgia bells were ringing the whole time I was watching the movie because I was like, I've had this experience. Yeah, I've totally had this experience. The there's a scene where he gives her some money and she goes to go on one of the arcade racing machines. It's like one of those stand up bike things. Same. I mean, I would literally go on vacation 
get money from my parents, and I would sit and play video games the whole time. And that's all I do. My dad was at the bar, you know what I mean? My yeah. mother was sitting by the pool. So I can I can smell that pool. I can smell the, the, the suntan lotion. I can smell the, the rubber that they use on the like the the sunbeds or whatever. I can smell the whole thing because it's so vivid for me. And I think I immediately connected to it on that level. Then what I was not prepared for was to really, really, I, I, I was not prepared. I said this to Eric today when we were talking outside of um, Bones and All, after we saw Bones and All. He hasn't seen a bunch of movies. He hasn't seen Banshees. He's missed a few movies recently. Yeah. And I was like, if anything, I think you need to see After Sun. And I was selling it as I have been to everybody. I've been like evangelizing this movie. Um, <laughs> and I think the reason why is because I was not, I didn't, the end of the movie, just like you, Daniel, like kicked my teeth in. Like yeah. I did not expect it. I, I expected the development. I expected that early on because we get clues as to his state of mind early on. So yeah. early on, I was like, he's, he's not well. Mm -hmm. Like there's something very wrong with him. Mm -hmm. Um, so it wasn't a shock when the ending came. I was like, and it doesn't really, it's not like you see him like hanging himself or shooting himself or whatever. Yeah. But the, I was like so flawed in, there's a handful of times in my life where I'll, I'll cry at a movie or a song. And then outside of that, when I actually cry, I probably cry maybe once every four years. And when I do, I don't know if you guys have this experience, but I have that thing where I, when I do cry, because I don't cry often, it's like this weird dump of like where I can't stop. And it's just like, mm -hmm. like, and it feels like a really weird, like, um, uh, sensation where you're like, I can't stop crying. I don't know why. But when this movie ended, that's what it did to me. And it was really weird because I sat in the dark at the end of the movie and I didn't get up. I had to sit and wait yeah. till everybody got out because I was like, I don't know why I can't stop crying. And I was like, stop crying, stop crying. And when I came out, I was like, I, you know, the, the movie just floored me. So that was my takeaway from it. Yeah, I, I think we had a similar experience. I talked to you uh, maybe almost right after, I think yeah. <laughs> immediately after I got off the phone with my mom, oh, I think yeah, I texted right, you. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I know I had to sit in the theater like through a lot of the credits because I, I, again, I was just bawling. Like I, um, I, and I didn't really, again, like you, I, I didn't really know why, um, but that end just affected me so much that um like especially the last shot of of him because we kind of don't we get that at the beginning of the movie of yes. the shot of her like it's she's clearly like leaving yep to, and and but the, the like the reverse of it when mm -hmm. he, it's bukehead when it flips yeah. around on him and is like man that just and then well that coupled with the the like really the crazy like i don't even know what to call it it comes up a, a couple times but it it's not a dream sequence really but it's just like it's like the strobe lights and like yeah. people dancing in the room mm -hmm. and then like her embracing him mm -hmm. while um what's the song under pressure is playing i yep. think um that coupled with that final shot of, of paul mescal just like it, i like i don't know how you can see that and have it not break your heart um when he's closing that camera and just like turns around and like walks through the door the double doors um uh but yeah i had to i, <laughs> I cried through like most of the credits and I had to like finally got myself together and then like it was in the like the the last hall in the bell court, mm -hmm. so I had I got out into the lights and then just started hitting me again. I was like, I have to get to my car. Yeah, I'm gonna get to my car. Right, <laughs> I had like a mad sprint, like two hundred yards, and then uh like got to my car and just like called my mom and was like, I just saw this movie. Like, I, like she could tell I was crying. She's like, What's wrong? And I was just like, Nothing's wrong. Like, honestly, like I'm not like I'm not like sad or anything. Like I just I just like I had to call you and talk to you because yeah. this movie. I, I yeah, and I couldn't really 
explain why i was just like i don't know why but i just i need to like talk to you right now well i think Um, it's i think it's to do with what chris was saying in a way that the movie it's not guiding you on a like specific narrative it's not set up like so you know tearjerker movies where it's Mm -hmm. like oh Mm -hmm. you know we had to put the dog down or my husband died of (laughs) hiv or something like that where it like the movie is like narratively guiding you on that journey Mm -hmm. this movie has no interest in doing that and the way the movie and i think that's why it hits when it hits because i feel like subtly you're you're when you're watching this and you're watching their relationship it's doing all the groundwork for that because there's conflict between the two of them in the there's an awkwardness and a tension between the two of them and then as the movie flitters between stuff that happened in the past on the on the video recorder and then to shots uh, in the future, there's little visual clues that come over. So mm-hmm. th- we spend a lot, lot of, long time with him looking at the rug. That was a, an early indication for me that I was like, in with his Tai Chi and his breathing, and he, and he was like very focused on that. The, there's a scene where it flicks, but it's out of sequence. And then you see her get off a of bed and she puts her feet down on the rug. Yeah. So it's doing all of this, like these visual clues and like cues. And I think what it's, and I think that's why this movie is so effective. And when I talked to Daniel about it, I was like, I feel like it's more of an art installation than a movie, specifically the beginning. And what I mean by that is I think it, and I'm, I don't want to speak for the director, but this is my take on it. I think the, she decided, how can I tell a movie about this particular um, chain of events or this story? How can I tell this story in the way that our, our brains abstractly process memories and how can i convey that experience how you know like you will remember certain things very very well certain things uh you will see out of context and you don't understand and i think that's why this movie is so effective because i think it's it's a visual language that the movies has that in most movies don't use and almost nothing i've seen uses a similar visual language in terms of how it's telling you the story visually that's my two te- two cents on it. I, I would agree with that. And to just go off that a little bit, I want to highlight like one part. Um, specifically, it's the... So we see it at the beginning of the movie where she's like recording him and he's like, you know, he's kind of being goofy and dancing. And he's like, he's like, what is what are you doing? He's like, these are my moves. And then she starts to like interview him and ask him about his like childhood. And then like, I think at that point she pauses the video and like, I love that fucking shot where we see... Like you kind of can pick up on it as the video is going initially, but when she pauses it, you really like, you see like that it's someone watching this like mm-hmm. on a TV. Yes, the home. reflection. Yeah, yeah it's a reflection yeah. of her on the screen. Um, but then I love when we actually get to see that moment like as it happened on the trip um, and that that bit of um, where he, I don't know, he just like sort of shuts down. He was uncomfortable. He's very him. uncomfortable with, with the like the line of questioning. And um, I, I, I love like how that this like kind of cute like happy sort of like throwaway moment is like recontextualized later in the movie in the in the movie itself yes um and uh i, I sort of lost my train of thought but um, no, no it makes sense <laughs> i uh i think this movie did a really great job of of presenting the same scenario but two different ways if you depending on the perspective you're looking at like when she's laying down and saying do you ever feel like you know, you've had a really good day and then you just feel really heavy and you don't know why, like you're sinking. And the dad's like, we're here to have a good time, right? But cl- oh, I feel like he really related to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe this is probably going to be revealing too much about myself, but the moment that like really stuck with me, especially the second time, is when he 
um they have the fight after the karaoke thing kind of and they kind of go they they decide to spend their night separately um and eventually he just like he has to like get out of the room and the part where the woman like throws down the cigarette and he picks it up off the ground yeah he picks yep. it up off the ground mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone i don't know like <laughs> i've i related to that so hard in in a way like i've i've almost done that exact thing where like i've picked up a fucking like someone just discarded half a cigarette and i was just like man i really need to hit a sip fucking cigarette right now and i just mm-hmm. like picked it up and like yeah like the, the the like just not desperation but just like i just needed to feel something other than like what he was feeling and i love that it's such like a little moment and that's a thing that i think this movie does so well and i think it's what it's what i wanted to talk about originally is the scene the scene where we are actually seeing her interview him i love the way that it's framed where it's set on the t it's focused on the tv in the living room the whole time that the camera's connected to but the stack of books next to it is uh it's like a tai chi thing yep. self-help uh, uh margaret tate like, ha- book how to of meditate poems, yep. and then another like self-help thing like, and like uh, yeah. um that just this movie is so good at just like little bits of character building like through that mm-hmm. um like there's that there's the there's also another one i thought that really stood out to me is um when Frankie, where I think we're seeing it from Frankie's point of view, or well, that's the character, Sophie. that's the actor's name. Sophie. Sorry, yeah. Sophie's, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Sophie's like point of view as she's watching her dad, like through the phone booth. I have the like the wrap up discussion with the mom with the knowledge that adult Sophie is watching this because I feel like at the time Sophie's just kind of like, you know, you're just staring at your fucking dad, mm-hmm. like having a conversation with your mom. And then, um, but like you can just feel that it it's meaning more to adult Sophie or she's picking up on, yeah. like, oh, my dad was like not doing well here. Oh yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, but, but I, before I say what I'm going to say, I, I just wanted to say one th- because I'll kick myself. I, I, I don't bring it up because you were talking about it before. I, I'm not sure if it was you or Chris. Um, When you were talking about the scene where, so he goes to the nightclubs by himself. He goes to the to the as most of the young kids would do. Yeah. So and we see him dancing in the club. Mm-hmm. And then when it starts to later on in the movie, when we start seeing that same dance club scene, we still see him dancing. Mm-hmm. Then it's grown Sophie dancing with her father. Mm-hmm. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. That is so good. And I think because it never happened. And mm-hmm. it, but that makes it even more beautiful because it, it. I keep thinking about it now that you brought it up, and and it's something I kind of I didn't discard, but I, I was thinking about so many other things. But like, mm-hmm. that's so powerful. And he's there, lost. He, he, and he feels lost the whole time. He yeah. feels like yeah. he's very much lost. Yeah. And he's in this crowd, and I cl- and, and and it's her dancing with him is like her embracing him and being like, "I'm with you here. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're going through now." And like, I'm it. That is so touching. I got to stop before I start crying. Again. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Like the thing with that is uh, the way I took it is like after this vacation, something happened to him, whether he, he ended his own life or they went separate ways or he passed away, whatever it may be. Yeah. He's not around, it seems like. And I noticed in that scene, he's not aged. He's like the same age as her as an adult. And yeah. it's like she's reached that point. Like I now see things and maybe are feeling things the way you are feeling. Mm-hmm. And now I understand you more. Yeah, and it's so I, beautiful. Like you had said, maybe there's some part of her that's like, I wonder if I had given you more love or seen you more or realized what you were going through, if things would be different. It's so, but it's such a burden, though. Like, I mean, I've never known anybody that's personally that's committed suicide. I have, let alone a parent. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, 
Um, and I take it. I mean, the, my read is that he kills himself. That's yeah. my read. Yeah, I. Um, but the movie never yeah, actually. Yeah, I could agree with that. I, but I think it's to the credit of the movie and it's one of his strengths that it never that it really directly addresses yeah. it. It just makes it clear that for for whatever reason he's not a part of our life currently. Yeah. Um. And man, God, sorry. I'm just thinking about that scene. It's so good. It's the, the last looking ridiculous. Ten to fifteen so minutes of this movie are yeah just some of it's so rough to watch yeah um i felt like i was having an out-of-body experience at the end of the movie because it, yeah. like, it which weird too though going back to crying i wasn't it was weird because I, I wasn't crying because i was sad either i think i was yeah, just no. crying because it was so beautiful yeah like, i wasn't it was it wasn't like oh, oh this is tragic it is mm-hmm. tragic but it was mm-hmm. also i don't know like a um so what do we know about his character then so it's my understanding at least from the clues that the movie gives again expertly done mm-hmm. um he talks about the arrangement that he has with her mother and when mm-hmm. she goes he, she goes on vacation with him mm-hmm. he's like um tell me about your mom what's your mom being up to and she's like oh and then she asked him have you been dating are you dating anybody and, he, and you know and she's aware of one of his ex-girlfriends and he tells her why they broke up um so the movie's already filling in all this backstory just through the conversation when mm-hmm. you're picking it up from um there's a scene too where he, she was like well why do you call my mother family and he goes, yeah. uh, like you love. And he goes, no, well, he's like, she, why do you, why do, why do you and mom say I love you? Yeah, why? Yeah, and he, and he goes because that's what you do with family. And she goes, yeah, but you're not taking, you know, to a child, she doesn't understand mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So already you start, and like my opinion of what was going on, and my read of that was that he's not over that relationship, or that relationship is particularly difficult for him. Yeah, yeah, I would agree um, with that. Because there's, there's also that little part, and I think it's at the start of her watching him in the phone booth, where he's like she's talent we don't we don't ever like hear her side of the conversation but yeah. she tells him something and he's just like the way he's like oh that's he's like that's great i'm 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 so happy for yeah. you mm-hmm. it's like and and like he i think he genuinely is but it's still like killing him inside. and then he ends yeah. the conversation pretty much right after that yeah yeah and we know that he's went down to london uh mm-hmm. i'm not sure where they're from i don't know if they're from glasgow uh but he, he's went down to london and he lives with a friend because he mentions his friend and, mm-hmm. he, and she's like oh what kind of business are you, are you still going to open up the coffee shop or whatever it was yeah or the bakery or whatever it was going to be mm-hmm. so we can tell it and he's like no but I, we have this new ad, uh business adventure that we're going to take on so already he's starting to piece together the story of this guy's life in the failed relationship he had the kid young because he's young i'm guessing yeah, i don't yeah. know he looks like he's like 25 26 in this movie you think so yeah, I, yeah, he he looks very. I mean, he even gets mistaken he, at one point when they start playing pool with the kids. Yeah, like yeah. Where they think they're brother and sister. Yeah, and I think the actor Paul Mescal. I think he looks a little older anyway because mm-hmm. he looks old in normal people. He looks way too old to be at school when he's in school. <laughs> I mean, that I'll, get, I'll I'll take that away from normal people. But <laughs> the um, so I'm guessing around that age. So we're we're, we're piecing together like you. It was like he's in the he drops hints. He goes, if you ever want to, if you want to do drugs. If you want to party, you want to like anything you want to do, he goes, you can tell me about it. Talk to me about it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be mad at you for doing it, but like I've done it. I've done it all. So like you can talk, you can come to me and talk to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that he's probably been partying a lot, living up. They had a, a disastrous relationship that ended in a child, um, which probably that was the wedge that probably broke them apart, mm-hmm. struggling to deal with that. So we're piecing together all this. Piece, and then through the self-help, the meditation, we can tell that he's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, now it could be struggling because he, he was doing a lot of drugs, and then he's like, you know, has anxiety problems. Or mm-hmm. and he's definitely somebody who's trying. He, you get the impression that he's trying to rein in how he feels. Like he's trying to, he's trying to focus himself and mm-hmm. trying to like deal with how he feels. But then when we see the the shot of him crying, 
yeah uh, that which was dude, that was. he's a really fucking good crier not no, not much spoilers for normal people but he when he cries in normal people you almost have to stop watching it because yeah. it is crushing he's that he's a very good cryer. i do love the choice too in that specific scene to shoot him like to shoot yes. from behind and not we don't mm-hmm. like actually see his face so like it so much of that of your reaction to that is due to like the physicality of his like the way he's like shoulders and he's hunched. not wearing any clothes hunched. so you shoulders can see hunched. Hunched. she's All like not wearing everything. clothes like the like gasps like the tight breaths and, mm-hmm. like, man it's yeah that it that part broke me too <laughs> like so with with that too we're also getting little parts of her story so mm-hmm. we see uh, a, a budding fledgling romance typical teenage ch- child like oh i think you're pretty cute you're pretty cute with the the boy that she has but most telling of all this what she's hanging out with an older group of kids yeah yep. when she's there um a lot of things red flags for the way this guy is looking after his daughter because he can tell he's a kid raising a kid mm-hmm. it's a kid who doesn't know how to raise a kid raising a kid so he's like all of a sudden he's being given an eight-year-old or however old she is and now he's like now you have to be a dad because i i don't get the impression that he was there when she was little yeah, because it's she feels alien to him sometimes in the mm-hmm. in the way. Um, so he is allowing her to go off on these little adventures with these older kids who are much more advanced, drinking, smoking, mm-hmm. um, very much adult situations. So she's seeing the sexuality that exists between these kids too, and she's obviously going through periods where she's discovering her own sexuality. And we get a, a glimpse of what she would end up. Um, she she's homosexual. You, 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 mm-hmm. There's that scene where she's walking back and she looks down and she sees two of those boys who she's been hanging out with during the day mm-hmm. who are very much jackal lad, macho lads, like kissing each other. But it's like, it only goes on for like a few seconds. But again, the movie's just like, okay, in that, and then we can see that maybe is the start of her being like, oh, you know, like there's two boys kissing, you know, and then eventually mm-hmm. we find that she's uh, in a relationship with a woman and she has a child as mm-hmm. an adult. So again, it's just doing all of this. It's giving you all of this information, but it's, it, it's doing it on the fly, but it's not hiding it, and it's not making it. It's not blinking; you'll miss it. it. It's an old like filmmaking rule. Like um, I learned it in like screenwriting class in college or whatever. But like the the whole like show not tell. And yeah. this, this movie really excels at at that. I, I in fact I don't think I think most of the major like character developments for Sophie and Callum are done through like visual cues. And like not through, you know, no one's explicitly like stating how they feel or like, yep. um, it, it's not like exposition. It's all, it's, um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a really good movie. <laughs> That's why I need to see it again because the whole time I was like, where's this going? What's happening? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. seem like much is happening, but a lot is happening. It's just not being told to me directly and spoon fed to me. It's not like how I like movies, but right. I wasn't. I was, you know, expecting a little more exposition, but it's there. It's just not spoken. I don't think I will watch this again. Um, I made a point of not going to watch it again and yeah. doing my usual watch it 25 times in a row <laughs> uh, technique because I almost yeah. don't, I want that experience that I had mm-hmm. to be my experience with the movie. And like, yeah, that's beautiful. I don't want to, I don't want to sully that or like soften that on, mm-hmm. re- I, I'm sure I'll love it just as much on, on repeat viewing. There was something I wanted to talk about too um, with the movie and it kept popping up in my mind when I was watching it. So I don't know if you guys are really familiar with it. I I, I hope I get her name right. But there was a, a young English girl called Madeline McCann, I think it was her name. She was on vacation with her parents in one of these resorts. Um, and these resorts, literally, they'll pick you up from the airport in a bus and they'll drop everybody off at their hotels. 
en route and it's like a lottery system so when you're sitting on the bus you're like oh that hotel looks pretty good like i hope our hotel is going to look as nice as it does in the brochure when i get to it and then you get to it and it's funny because they're doing construction there which always seems to be the case you know mm-hmm. there's always construction going on in these hotels anyway the reason i'm bringing this up is i think it was early 2000s and one of these resorts madeline mccann's parents went out for a drink mm-hmm. on the evening and they left her in the room by herself um which you would in hindsight seems perfectly innocent to me i don't think it was like but she went missing it was never ever found again it was a massive manhunt for it, it was all over the news it's really famous story mm-hmm. and then the press turned on the, the parents and they were like you were negligent and which is a horrible thing to do to these people they just went out for a drink you know what i mean yeah, and then they were never ever found in the rumor there's so many rumors going around it but it, it was it basically sex trafficking is what they think happened and she was kidnapped oh, and no. the whole time when i'm watching this movie i kept thinking about madeline mccann because it was on one of these results mm-hmm. so let's talk about the karaoke scene because i think it's pretty important in the movie yeah uh, chris or do you recall it that much yeah i mean well it seemed like like they'd been going to this place for a holiday for at least maybe four or five times well i think she said five times mm-hmm. so Probably since she was eleven, she probably started like came into his life, and he started like so still kind of getting to know each other. And I guess where they would sing um, uh, REM. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, yeah, religion, yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, she's like, "Oh, come on!" I, he's like, "You didn't sign us up." She's like, "Yeah, I did. You know, I always do." And he wouldn't go up with her, and he's clearly been drinking. It seems like he's just really kind of in his thoughts and not in a good place, and he's kind of watching. As she's struggling to normally, he would do wet with her is what I'm gathered, and mm-hmm. she's just having to deal with it herself. And I think this movie really captures the beauty of innocence, and also when that starts to kind of fade a little bit because she's like, why isn't he looking? He's clearly in a different place in his head than yeah. not supporting her. What do you think? Um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I think the key part of that is when she returns to her seat and he's like you know if you want like we can get you sing like singing lessons yeah and then her reply dude holy shit where she's just like you know you don't have to keep offering to pay for things that i know you can't afford um brutal yeah um Um, brutal in a way that like deserved yeah deserved and brutal in in a way that like I feel like children only can be yeah mm-hmm. and, and in a way that they don't really realize that they are being like I think Sophie's just tired of kind of like empty promises in a way yeah and like um I don't know it it, it that was interesting to me and and like I, I clearly I mean she clearly was trying she's upset and she's trying to like hurt him in some way but I don't think she realizes like how deep that remark cuts Oh yeah, him. because I think he feels emasculated uh, with the situation with a mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing who has like a new partner who's probably successful, or whatever. Mm-hmm. In how he feels like he's floating through life, um, not being able to be a success, not being able to ground himself or be, you know, like mm-hmm. um, he's that line to the scuba guy where he's like, um, he's like, I didn't think he's like, I can't really see myself at forty. He's like, I didn't even think I'd make it to thirty. Man, um, that scene, God. Um, that one really hit me in particular just because I, I had I've had like a similar thing with my dad where like he basically just kind of apologized about like financial stuff and I was like 
I don't care about that, man. You're my dad. Like, I love you. Like, and I think, I don't know. That's, that's a lot of what I got from this movie, especially like with, with Sophie from 20 years later watching this, just kind of, um, seeing like how hard her dad was like trying to make things good and like mm-hmm. be a good dad and like provide for her. And like, I think I'll, one of that's probably like what makes us so sad is that like when you're watching these videos, 11, 11 year old Sophie doesn't care about that shit. She's just happy to be on holiday with her dad. Oh, yeah. I think. And like, it's, it's, yeah, that's, I think that's probably the, the, the core of like the sadness of this movie is that like, they can't just, I don't know. They can't just like be happy. Be, or like he can't just he's we're so worried that he's not being a good dad that he can't see that like Sophie doesn't care or Sophie's not that's not even like Sophie's not yeah. even like taking yeah. that into consideration yeah she's, she's not, not she's not wondering like is he a good dad is he not she's yeah, just she's like not. it's just that's my dad yeah you know? that's my dad like yeah. um yeah in the intimacy between the two of them and like she's yeah she what I'm thinking of as an adult um and, and judging his uh which is what I was thinking when I was thinking uh, when she's allowed to go off by herself after the karaoke scene, the whole time I was angry at him. And I was like, this is so negligent. And like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like she should not be out by herself. She's locked out of a room. Mm-hmm. It's in how selfish are you? Why wouldn't you sing with her? You're being, you're being mm-hmm. a selfish asshole. And uh, I was angry at him. Uh, as most people would be. And that's why I was thinking of the Madeline McCann situation, because I was thinking mm-hmm. what could happen to this kid by herself? Um, but you're right she uh, as a kid she's just like this is my dad you know he's well, the bee's knees you there's know? that scene the next day where they go to the uh the mud pit thing yeah and, and like mm-hmm. he he's like gen- he's like genuinely like heartfelt giving a heartfelt apology like, yeah Sophie, i'm really sorry about that mm-hmm. like and she's just she's not really paying attention and he's trying to, he's just like Sophie, you know really it's like it's not okay it's yeah. not okay that i did that and i'm yeah. really sorry and i'm not gonna like let that happen again yeah and yeah that part too like really took me out um, I- I think too, like with that scene where she eventually gets led into the hotel room by mm-hmm. one of the concierges in the, the the lobby or whatever, um, and she comes in and he's naked on the bed, mm-hmm. um, and it I think it's a testament to this movie that it feels very natural that he's naked on the bed and it feels and she covers him up and she puts a blanket on him, mm-hmm. um, in a way be, becoming the adult in that situation, mm-hmm. but it I the nudity in itself, I think it just felt it didn't feel weird and it didn't feel like and i know i might be making a mountain out of a molehill and most people like yeah it's not a big deal but i feel like in lesser movies they wouldn't be confident enough to put that scene in yeah you know because i think they'd be like oh well maybe this is like sending mixed signals or like this is controversial and a guy shouldn't be naked in front of his daughter it's a guy being but like i saw my mother naked all the time when i was a kid me too you know so like i just think that that speaks to how deaf the movie is in handling it, this relationship in general that it doesn't even bat an eyelid to put that scene in mm-hmm. and, and it, it's very touching you know yeah and i think it's like crucial to to understanding what callum's going through yeah um like i think the film would suffer a little bit without that like you need to see him coming back from that in that way um like that's sort of like his low point i think yeah the of the arc that we have with him yeah mm-hmm. yeah of what we know and, and, and i guess to extend that like what sophie knows yeah like like if you think about it she just she got in a fight with her dad hung out with some older kids had her first kiss is that the same night that she does it yeah uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. has her first kiss mm-hmm. can't get into her room falls asleep in the lobby and then like gets let in her room early in the morning and her dad's just 
pass out naked on the bed. Yeah, and like, he and it, yeah. didn't have any after idea he happens. drunkenly walked into the ocean. Yeah, yeah, he did and fucked yeah. up his shoulder. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. um, we don't know how. Yeah, isn't it sort of implied too that like the he he says like because she asks him because he comes in with a broken wrist. And she's like, how did that, like, did it hurt when it happened? He's like, I don't know. I don't really remember it. Like, mm. I kind well, of get the feeling that he, like. He had said the start of the movie, correct? Yeah, he had so the yeah, start yeah, of the movie. Yeah. It, like, and, and maybe I'm projecting too much from, like, stuff that I dealt with myself. But, like, I, I went through a rough period of time where I was not, like, um, taking care of myself at all. And just, like, kind of throwing myself at, um, like, alcohol and drugs because I was dealing with some, like, personal stuff. And, like, that seemed so like that just reminded me of that of like this guy that like is trying so hard to run away from like what he's actually feeling that he like ends up like hurting himself sometimes physically yeah like he stumbled Um, and and yeah he's he's, like literally just getting so obliterated that he so he doesn't have to like reckon with this stuff that like he like hurts himself yeah i what i think this movie does beautifully which i'm realizing now as I'm unpacking it, um, is that you see him like drink two or three big beers mm-hmm. in several scenes, and to some people that don't have that experience or have been in that space, like you, Daniel, seem, seeming to have you know relation to that, you see it as as deeper than that. Versus someone who's like, oh, he's just drinking a little bit, and he's yeah, he's on holiday, he's on, like, yeah, he's on, on holiday having a drink. But clearly, this is a man that's struggling, that seems to have lost a lot of things and lost a lot of pieces, and is trying to piece his life back together. And I think there's definitely some things he's trying to hold onto and suppress just to give his kid a good time. Yeah, because I can't imagine how much money it's costing him to do this. Yeah. Being uh, that he's not making any money, seemingly. Mm-hmm. And like, in the the video recorded too, mm-hmm. he bought the camcorder for the trip, which must have been very expensive he back in the, the day. Um, yeah, he bought the rug, which is, when the guy tells him the price, you can see him be like, oh, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but he buys it. But I think that's also tied it into um like him buying that rug is also kind of in a way showing ways at like um not emotionally but where he's at like as an adult whereas like that probably was saving money that's probably money that he could use for something else that's probably yeah. rent money and it it struck me as one of those purchases that people make where they're like not really in control of what they're spending because yeah. it was a, an impulse purchase and a very very expensive one which mm-hmm. he probably didn't need to make yeah like you said, a kid raising a kid developmentally, that's where he's at. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's so beautiful that she has that rug. And then, you know, like just that little visual element was just to tie that back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do want to mention too, if you're listening, <clears throat> if you're still listening, because you're probably like, well, you guys just spoiled the whole fucking movie after like 10 <laughs> minutes. Well, this is the spoiler section. <laughs> it we is, we warned you. you. Yeah, we yeah. give you fair warning. But I, I, I do want to say though, we're talking about the movie in terms of like its emotional impact and how how devastating it was or what have you. There's a lot of tenderness in the movie and there's a lot of, there's a lot of like happy yeah. in, in beautiful moments that aren't sullied by, you know, us thinking of them in terms of, oh, well, this meant he was, you know, the, this, the scene in the mud bath, I think is, is really, really great where she's putting the mud on him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really, really great scene. And I'm trying to remember where it is. It's towards the end of the vacation where they're just sitting on a sunlight. There's like two sunlight and it looks like on a, the edge of a restaurant, like a balcony of a restaurant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're both like lying on those seats and they're just eating food and they're just like chilling. Mm-hmm. And it's just those two just chilling and like hanging out together. I thought that was really, really nice. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of touching moments and, a, and 
there's a lot of beauty to it. It's not it's not everything is underpinned with like sadness or regret yeah, or like no, remorse. No. Um so yeah, don't think that it's like a misery slog because no, it definitely doesn't no. feel really like not, that at yeah. all. I, I think it captured the complexity of a relationship with someone and there's a lot of beautiful father daughter moments. Like they're moisturizing each other's skin and she's just asking him questions, like just like innocent child questions. Yeah. And then it also has heavier moments. And if you've had those experiences or if you're older, you can see them. Like the, the the way I feel like this movie to me feels is like when you go and watch like a Pixar or a kid's movie and they have jokes that only adults. I think, yeah, there's a lot of that in, in there too. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of like a lot of really, really sweet moments mm-hmm. yeah. peppered throughout, um, which I think is so great. I think the balance, the like the tonal balance of the movie is, is great. Uh, performance wise obviously he's incredible i think in, mm-hmm. in this role he just disappears completely into it yeah um, i think it's a very understated performance yeah and i think she's great i think she's like a little revelation absolutely yeah, she's awesome um yeah she's so great yeah especially like going up or like acting opposite or like with like him i i just i don't know i kid actors can be really hit or miss for me and i oh, never me too. felt um I don't know, it just feels so genuine. It just feels like it literally just feels like you're watching like you are watching home videos of, yeah. of a family vacation. Felt like they actually knew each other and they were related. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's because they write her like her age. Yeah. She's not like a Gilmore girl or she's not like mm-hmm. she's she's acting and behaving like a kid does. Mm-hmm. And and it, it doesn't feel she doesn't feel contrived as a character. And I think in I'm the same with you, like a bad kid performance will take me out of a movie Absolutely. in a heartbeat. Yeah, and it like easily could have like tanked this, and it, and it it's a credit to I guess how they wrote, like you said, how they wrote her and her performance, and and um, that it never feels like that. Ever. Yeah, it almost feels like improv. It almost feels like she's just winging yeah. it without a script a lot of the time. I wonder if she is, but uh, yeah, it feels like a lot of their scenes, that a lot of their back and forth feels unscripted mm-hmm. uh, and very loose. Um, anything anything else that stuck out for you guys? Mm. We're on the home stretch. I think we've covered most of the stuff that like really stood out to me or that I really wanted to talk about. Um, we we kind of went over the end, right? Yeah. I mean, the end's a bit of a blur for me, if I'm being honest. Um, so really, the, the movie culminates at the end of the vacation mm-hmm. as they both return back home uh, and they get to the airport and they go their separate ways at the airport. She's obviously going to be getting picked up by her mother. Mm-hmm. He's probably making a connecting flight. I'm guessing he will be because he'll be heading back to London. Yeah. So I'm guessing the flight got back to Scotland. She's getting off. And then he's going, because she's going through a different exit. So she's obviously going through the, like the uh, passport control or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that reverse bookend from the beginning of the movie where the camera goes back on and we see him. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like saying goodbye to him. It's us saying goodbye to him. It's her saying goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I, I, got the reading of suicide is because i felt like that's the last time she saw him i could see that oh it's um, presented like that in a way yeah in a way or well i think i think again I, I i the thing i love about this movie is it, it does not come down yeah. hard either way and i think you can read it that way you can read it um i don't know i have another way that i think you could read it so when he's walking away he walks through these double doors and you just see the strobe of the lights and the darkness from that dance scene Mm -hmm. like he's walking back into being lost in his life oh oh man i like that just going back into whatever shitty circumstance he's in right now yeah back into the noise yeah back into the noise Mm -hmm. back into the endless dance of trying to figure it out wow dude i like that a lot 
I love that yeah. because yeah, when you think about it, his the vacation for him is a vacation. It's not just a mm-hmm. vacation for her from school yeah. and her mom and like just to spend it's the same for him. We kind of forget that that this is an escape from his life too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, where he gets to spend this idealized time with his daughter and you know, and, and she has his undivided attention. Man. Damn Chris. <laughs> yeah. Could be that way or it could be, yeah, he's walking out the void and he does end his life. I think that's what's beautiful about this movie is we all, all three of us have different interpretations of it. Oh yeah, I think it's and countless. it's based on our our, our experiences and mm-hmm. our personas, and I think that's the testament of a well crafted story and visual piece of art. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect way to wrap this episode up. If I'm being yeah. honest. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. <laughs> uh, very succinctly put. Yeah, so yeah, let's wrap it up then. Um, I this is a the. I'm not well. I yeah. Obviously, this is my number one movie of the year. I don't think this movie is going to be toppled at all this year by anything. Um, I think it's a staggering uh, achievement. I think it's a it's a motion picture, unlike any other motion picture I've seen, which is hard because I've seen a million movies. I've seen like twenty movies since I saw this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, um, for me, if if something can really impact me on that level, given the dearth of movies that I watch, then it's definitely with uh championing so i hope you go out and see it i hope you go and see it again if you want to go and see it again daniel thanks for coming back on the show yeah of course anytime chris thanks for hosting once again of course we have a nice little setup going on in here we're in the Mm -hmm. studio we're in the studio yeah the studio um (laughs) anything any guys want to recommend before we head off into the sunset uh yeah i um i'm gonna recommend the fablemans because i feel like there's a some thematic similarities uh between this and after sun they're very different movies so mm-hmm. don't go in expecting a similar thing uh, i saw that recently and then uh, i guess i'll just leave it at that um yeah check out the fablemans it was good i don't really have anything i think everything that we've all talked about in other episodes now i've seen everything that i wanted to see and there's nothing really coming out for a while so I have to find something so well not next week but the week after on the same day empire of light hits with Ooh. the whale which is mm. a hell of a oh, stack weekend yeah um and then avatar and then avatar empire of light is i think the only movie that might dethrone this but i can't say that but i'm saying that because is that mendez yeah which i think uh olivia coleman which looks fucking incredible yeah um so and i know eric that's eric's big big hope and then it's funny because I was hanging out with Eric and Zach today. We saw Bones and All. That's a new, another movie I'll recommend anybody check out. We'll, there'll be an episode on Bones and All at some point. Um, we were talking about that weekend because we're like, well, what are we going to do? What, what movie are we going to see? And Zach got bumped to second place because we're like, well, we're going to see Empire of Light, obviously. And I think Zach was like, fuck. But he was like, I'll see them both. And we're like, yeah, we'll watch The Whale with you. But uh, <laughs> it got the push for Empire of Light. And then after that, we've got Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be fun to do an episode on i want to yeah. i want to do a ton of coke and go and see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um avatar 2 and that's pretty much it honestly i yeah. think that's going to wrap up i've already got year. my imax 3d tickets for, for way of for way of water yeah. for the whale <laughs> yeah. no not for, yeah, for the whale <laughs> no for way of water i uh i that's probably my number one most anticipated for the rest of the year interesting i'm gonna watch the shit out of it i'm, I'm excited for it um for sure um, but that's it. That's it for 2022. Pretty much. I don't think there's anything. I don't think anything comes up post Christmas. That's big, big before we start going. And then we're into 2023 movies. So yeah. we've got Megan to look forward to. 
It's going to be great. I know. If we're going to be in, we were talking about it before, we're in the wasteland. We're going to be in the January to February wasteland <laughs> of just like garbage coming yeah. out, like total shit. We've got quantum mania. Yeah. yeah. We do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't hear, don't hear a lot of excitement three. from you all. <laughs> Creed 3 comes out, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there's something else that looked like kind of interesting that we're getting in like February. It's it, it's escaping me right now, but um, yeah, there's there's a couple of things coming out. Run um, very. I'm very hyped for Megan. Uh, Megan, yeah, yeah. someone who loved Malignant. That'd uh, be fun. Yeah, I know, but it's one produced, not one directed. But it's the same screenwriter. Yeah, I know, but it's, but even if it's not one directed, yeah, I mean, but it's yeah. Malignant's Malignant because one directed. Well, it. that's true. Yeah, you uh, know? I'm still like the trailer for this sold me. Oh, oh, uh, the new M Night. We're getting oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like next cabin. year yeah yeah very excited for that one i uh, yeah i'm really excited for that yeah. loved old me too yeah um did it yeah i didn't i mean i'm on the fa- i mean I, we did an episode it was one of i think it was like the second or third episode we actually posted was on old but uh i do like old yeah um yeah, it's a fun time i really fucking dislike glass which one what glass was the sequel to um, um split 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 and split i kind of like to invincible yeah split That's i kind of like i feel opposite i guess I, like, split was oversold to me so like when i finally saw oh, it oh really it was undersold to me uh, was was terrible. Terrible. i didn't enjoy it i liked glass a lot. oh dude glass is a hot fucking mess <laughs> it's almost um, i don't even think i finished it i think it was like this is like terrible i think of all those movies unbreakable was the best oh well, yeah um, I, yeah well yeah does glass end with him having a fight on a rooftop of like a like a skyscraper with like bruce willis having a fight with somebody else no because that's how it felt like it, it ends with end. bruce willis getting literally getting drowned in a puddle mm-hmm. oh that's in a parking right lot. that's yeah. right puddle. he gets held down face first in a puddle in a parking lot what and a dies. Fu- like what a downer <laughs> like what a miserable while his, while his son watches yeah, yeah. are like, you kidding me yeah yeah oh fuck that movie that movie's terrible. <laughs> I didn't even see it, but I, I know that we, because he's setting it up though. He's, Glass is kind of setting it up for this epic, like MCU style confrontation. Mm-hmm. And then he just ends up dying in a puddle. Yeah. And yep. does James McAvoy kill him? No, it's the people in the asylum that are, that are running. It's so remember that, do you remember the reveal at the end where it's like, there's this secret society That's people right. oh my God, that yeah. no mutants exist and they're dedicated God. to like squashing it because they don't want the big, like, I don't know. They don't want to, be taken over by these superpowered and you people. like this movie yes they should have revoked his right to direct after that they should be like no dude <laughs> but then we would have never gotten a 10 year break yeah <laughs> but like to be fair old's pretty good but they should have made him take a longer break because that's disgraceful <laughs> i've actually don't like old now because of that movie <laughs> so i'm, I'm uh, yeah i'm going back on my old status review. now you're on the fence about cabin in the woods is it cabin in the woods or knock, knock on knock at the cabin knock, knock at, at the, the cabin, cabin. batista yeah. that trailer is yeah real good the trailer's really yeah but i mean come on we've been sold like the trailer's killer yeah yeah the trailers are always killer i I think he's back yeah yeah i hope they don't do an extended trailer though just keep it at that yeah yeah i don't want this to be a like a note situation yeah or even the menu the menu gave away so much shit in the trailer yeah how was that i still you guys checked it It was great yeah Yeah. it's good it's fun really fun it's a good fun um it's like a, it's a perfect AMC Stubbs membership movie. I got like four yeah. days left of my Regal Unlimited, so I'm going to try and catch some stuff. Yeah, this is a, a promo for AMC Stubbs. It's a phenomenal movie <laughs> program, much better than Regal Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, it is. Don't, at Regal Unlimited, don't they upcharge? You you were telling me that no, they, they upcharge you up, for seats? Yeah, for, they will upcharge recliners? you for recliner seating. 
that's where brutal. AMC subs is twenty one dollars and ninety cents a month for twelve movies a month for or th- and three movies a day. Yeah, and that's why and Regal went no bankrupt. premium, <laughs> no premium anything for any kind of seating. Wait, yeah. it's twelve a month. You can only see twelve a month. Well, yes, yeah, so you can see up to three a week of this full months, full weeks in a month. That's better. Yeah, yeah you can see 12, 12 okay. movies a month. But a lot. I will say Regal does not limit you to uh, a certain amount per week or month. I just don't like Regal cinemas. But they do upcharge you for like stadium seating. And then like if you're like, so like when I went to see Top Gun and Screen X, I got upcharged for stadium seating (laughs) and for... And can you cancel your tickets? The Screen X. Can you cancel tickets and just move whatever? Like two minutes yeah, before the movie starts? Sure Got a refund? I don't know. I haven't ever had to do it. So I do that a lot. AMC makes it easy. Um, just jump they do, in and jump You do out. get penalized. Do you get penalized on AMC? You do get penalized for Regal if you fail to show up for a ticket no, you reserved. No, no penalizing. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't care. They take care of us. Yeah. They love us. Yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah. I'm paying you like $24 a month. Why would you like, who cares if I don't show up? Exactly. For this thing? <laughs> like they actually penalize you for that? <laughs> yeah. I remember oh God, like in the sign up thing, it's like they they're it's kind of running you through the whole thing it's like you if revoke you reserve your a ticket rights. you have to like show up for it it's like okay what is the school <laughs> <laughs> yeah right you get a write up yeah they take you to the office they're like this is your first written warning they increase your monthly <laughs> fee <laughs> uh, you didn't uh you didn't show up to your 3 p.m screening of black adam so In 40X. <laughs> i guess you can't see any more movies the rest of the year <laughs> how dare you you could have sold that seat to somebody else yeah you know <laughs> a- another fan of someone Brown. else could have seen the hierarchy of power in the dc universe change <laughs> It did. <laughs> did it? I liked Black Adam. And I'm going to stand <laughs> Do you want it? Should we do a Black Adam episode right now? Just keep rolling? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No, no. It's not a good It's not a good <laughs> um, What's his face is good at it? Um, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. But he is in a completely different movie from everyone else. I want to be in that movie. That's yeah, a movie I want to watch. Yeah. But there's Miramask and he's doing a lot of cool... i watch a Dodger like, Fate movie. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. He was pretty cool. I like his powers. I thought a lot of stuff he was doing was really cool. Mm-hmm. He really cool. I I can't even remember what the powers. Well, one of the other guy became like Reverse Ant Man became really big, and then the other girl Adam was Smasher. like Storm. His name Storm, like from X Men Cy- Cyclone. Her name Cyclone. Yeah, it's so fucking. Bad. Her her scenes were terrible. Yeah, she there was literally no point in her being in the movie. Yeah, I don't remember her doing a single thing. No. Anyway, we're not going to get on this. We're not going to go down this road. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. We'll be back soon. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.